Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there, welcome. I hope you're well this week and that God is blessing you. I want to tell you about the gospel that Jesus preached and John the Baptist preached and all the 12 disciples preached and all of the other disciples of Jesus, the 70 preached and everybody after that. They all preached a gospel called the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And I feel like it's possible that we've missed a trick. Many of us know a gospel and we know the gospel. I, I really believe we know the gospel, but because we haven't put it in the context that Jesus put it in and that everybody in the New Testament put it in, because we haven't put it in the context of the kingdom of God, We've got a gospel of grace, which is true, and it is definitely part of the gospel of the kingdom. Or we've got a gospel of good works, which is also partially true, unless you think you're going to be saved by your good works. But it's part of the kingdom of God, doing good works for the king, but not because we're earning something, because we love the king. Maybe you've got a gospel of the church, join our church. The church is part of the kingdom, but it's not the kingdom of God. Maybe you've got a gospel of heaven. How do I get to heaven? Heaven is part of the kingdom of God, but it's not the whole picture because Jesus brought the kingdom to earth. And there are so many verses. What I'd like to do today is just to go through a few showing you John the Baptist, Jesus, and various others preaching the kingdom of God, and then in future weeks, we're going to open it up a little bit more because Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world to all nations, and then the end will come. It's got to be the gospel of the kingdom. Now, as I say, I think most of us have got all the elements of it. We maybe just haven't put it together in a way that makes us understand it the way the Bible speaks of it, the gospel of the kingdom. Yes, there's a gospel of grace. Yes, there's a gospel of getting to heaven. Yes, there's a gospel of God has good plans for your life and wants to heal you and help you. But when we put it in the context of the gospel of the kingdom of God, we understand what it's all about. So in Matthew 3 verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me just start by saying that in Matthew's gospel, he uses the word heaven, the kingdom of heaven. But in Mark, Luke and John, they use the word God, the kingdom of God. And the two are interchangeable. We can see where they quoted the same words of Jesus. One will use the word heaven and the other will use the word God. But that's speaking of the same sentence that Jesus spoke. And so we see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are referring to the same thing. You may say, why did Matthew use the word heaven? Because he was writing predominantly to Jews and Jews are nervous of using the word God. Even today, they will write G-D. They were nervous about writing God's name. And so Matthew was sensitive to that and he put heaven there instead of kingdom of God. But John the Baptist came preaching, saying, repent. What does repent mean? It means turn around, change, be sorry, turn into a different direction. Why? Because the kingdom of God was shut off to people because of sin. And so we need to turn back to get into the kingdom of God. And then he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is 
an important point. Was he saying that heaven, because this is one perspective of the kingdom of God. Some people say, we're just talking about heaven. We're just talking about when we say the kingdom of God, we're talking about when we die, we get to heaven. Uh, it's the eternal hereafter in the presence of God with the angels. Um, some people think kingdom of God equals heaven. And so people would read this verse and say he was saying heaven is at hand. It's close. We're near the end of the world where we all get to heaven and there's a new creation. At hand, they think, means close in time. And actually, we're going to see a little bit later that it did mean that partially, but it mainly meant it's in the midst of this other kingdom, this kingdom of this world that we're in. You know, the Bible speaks about the kingdoms of this world. In Revelation 11, the final cry at the end is the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and Christ. There are kingdoms in this world. In Luke chapter 4, when the devil tempted Jesus, it says he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I can give these to you because they've been given to me. So there are kingdoms. And we're going to see in a later verse that Satan has a kingdom. And those kingdoms exist. But then there is a kingdom of God. And Jesus showed that he was coming to break in. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. That was his message. If somebody had said, what is that guy John talking about? Somebody would have said, oh, he's talking about the kingdom of God. Now, the Jews understood this term very, very well. Let me give you a very quick history lesson before I go on and show you the other people who preached about the kingdom of God. So we know that God was king in the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve were his representatives and they were in perfect union with God. And so God was ruling. But when the representatives rejected God, they hid from him. They turned to another source for truth and, and comfort. They went to the devil and they separated themselves from God. God's kingdom in Eden stopped because Adam and Eve were still in charge, but God was not linked to them. And they then gave control to the devil. So then this carries on and God is trying to win back a kingdom. We know that from Ephesians 1 that God's eternal purpose has always been to bring all things back together under one head, which is Christ. And then 1 Corinthians 15 says, and then Christ hands it back to God at the end of time. So God was always trying to bring the kingdom back. And he chose a family, Abraham, and then he chose a nation, Israel. And at one point in 1 Samuel 8, they went to their prophet Samuel and they said, give us a king like the other nations. Give us a king. And God said to Samuel, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me as their king. God wanted to be king, but it was always an uneasy relationship. And he was promising a king to come. And whenever a king was instituted in the Old Testament, they were anointed with oil. Oil was poured on them. So Samuel poured oil on Saul's head and David's head and every king had oil poured on them. And that word anointed one is Messiah or Christ. And so when they were looking forward to a Christ or a Messiah, they were looking to a king, God as king. And David became the pattern of that. And God promised him, one of your descendants will be king forever. Daniel prophesied there will be a kingdom that will last forever and destroy all other kingdoms and continually grow. 
And so we see the idea of a kingdom in the Old Testament and the Jews were looking forward to it. And so when Jesus arrived, they were ready for a king and they thought he was the king. But they had some misconceptions. Even the 12 disciples thought he was here to bring about a political rule instead of a spiritual rule. But we're going to look at that in future weeks. But let me just read you a, a couple of verses. Matthew 11, just to show you about the context of John the Baptist. In Matthew 11, verse 11, it says, Assuredly, Jesus speaking, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now, that's interesting. He was saying that John the Baptist wasn't part of this new dispensation. He was the, the link, the overlap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament is where the kingdom of heaven is coming in. The Old Testament, they were wanting a kingdom of God, but they didn't have one. And it says that whoever's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, even though he is the greatest prophet in the whole of history and the whole of the Old Testament. It's just amazing. I'm glad I'm one of the least in the kingdom of heaven and that I'm even greater than all the Old Testament prophets. Verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There is some uh, fight involved in the kingdom of God progressing. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And then in Luke, he says, Luke 16, 16, it says, For the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. So we see that the kingdom of God only started after John the Baptist. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What he was saying is it's very close. It's in amongst us. It's not something we wait for in another realm, in another time, in another place. It's right here. It's in the midst of this kingdom. It's almost like if we were living in an oppressive uh, dictatorship and, and there was an evil king ruling us and he wouldn't give us the freedom to make our choices and he punished us unfairly and he limited the resources we could help have and suddenly a spy from a good kingdom came into our kingdom and started spreading the word. I'm here to, to set you free, to bring a new kingdom. We would say the kingdom of that other place is at hand. It's, it's in our midst. And that's what John was saying. So that was John the Baptist. That was his message. Let's move on. Mark 1 verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. A few points from this. Number one, Jesus said the time is fulfilled. It's not something we wait for. Again, if you think the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is something that only happens when you die, Jesus said the time is fulfilled. He said it's at hand, it's here. And what he was saying is, I'm here, I'm near you, I'm at hand. In the midst of another kingdom, there is the, the kingdom of God. And then he said it's the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel, which means the good news. Whenever it's spoken of the gospel, it's usually linked to the gospel of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is good news good news and we're going to see why that is in a moment now let me just read you one of the most important 
and, and really helpful passages about the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees and they came up with this way of discrediting him. They could see him healing people. They could see him casting out demons and doing amazing things, raising the dead. And they said he's using demons to cast out demons. And Jesus said in Matthew 12, 26, If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Satan has a kingdom. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Verse 28, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God is here. It's not something elsewhere. It's not something later. It's not something for someone else. The kingdom of God has come upon you if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God. Or in Luke, he says, by the finger of God, which is even more picturesque. And then he says in verse 29, How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Jesus was saying that the kingdom involves conflict. And Jesus came to bind the strong man who was the devil and cast him out so that he could bring in his good kingdom, his kingdom of healing and life and light and truth and forgiveness and provision and all the blessings that Jesus brought. But that last little verse, verse 30, he says, He who is not with me is against me, <clears throat> and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Jesus was saying, you're either in my kingdom or you're not. Make sure you know that you're in my kingdom. And how do I know if I'm in his kingdom? Friends, I've got a very, very simple answer for you. Who is your king? That's what it boils down to. Who is your king? Are you your king? Is money your king? Is the world's system your king? Is the devil and sin and temptation your king? Or is God your king? And you see, nowadays we don't really know what a king is because we see kings who are in name only but have very little power. But a real king speaks and his people listen. And if they don't listen, they're no longer in his kingdom. So who is your king? Let me read you a couple more verses about Jesus preaching the the kingdom. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. He preached and he showed the kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I'm going to tell you what the kingdom of heaven is. And Jesus told us in Matthew 6, he says, When you pray, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is the definition of the kingdom of God. I've already said it's who is your king. But wherever God is the king, his will is done as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no regret. There's no crying. There's no sickness. There's no death. There's no cheating. There's no duplicity. There's no, none of the sin that we have in our world. And when we pray, your kingdom come, which is what Jesus told us to pray as well as to do. We're going to see it later. We, we are praying. He defines it for us. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus be king. So when I pray for my children, 
I pray that Jesus would be king of their lives, of their health, of their character development, of their education, of their relationships, of their emotional well-being, of every area of their lives. Jesus be king until they're at an age where they can make him their king and choose for themselves. When I pray for Jesus to be king in my business, I'm praying that we do things God's way, that he is king, and that everything under his kingship receives the king's blessing. You know, I've lived in countries and I've seen other countries where one ruler or one government that is corrupt can affect millions of people in the population. We've all seen the stories and read the news reports about countries where there is a dictator and the people suffer because of a person's corrupt choices. And that principle applies throughout the Bible. God says, where the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When God is king, there is blessing. When God is the ruler, the, the blessings of his kingdom come under his rulership. And that's why Jesus preached the kingdom. He showed the kingdom, forgiving sins. Where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He preached truth. He preached life. The words that he spoke were of the kingdom of God that gave life and light and, and a different perspective. The kingdom of heaven was breaking into this world. He healed people. He provided food and all the things that people needed. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. Jesus was showing the kingdom of heaven and he was preaching the kingdom of heaven and he was saying, it's at hand. I'm here. Make God your king. Make me your king. And these blessings flow. But the important thing is that even today, 2000 years later, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but it is not fully here because it's only in Revelation 11 where he says, now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. And there are many verses I could show you. He must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then he hands the kingdom back to God. There is this in-between period where Jesus has brought the kingdom. As people receive him as their king, they find forgiveness and all these blessings. But we're still living in a world that is an alien foreign kingdom. And until Jesus finally comes back, there will always be the two kingdoms living side by side. I wonder if that helps you. Let me just show you how other people preach the kingdom. So in Matthew 10, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples to preach. And he says to them, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received freely give provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts nor bag for your journey nor two tunics nor sandals nor staffs for a worker is worthy of his food can you see how when the kingdom of heaven invades my life i then go out and tell others about it but that provision it's almost like i have a supply line to heaven and he says you don't need to worry about your provision you can proclaim healing and and cast out demons because you're part of another kingdom in the midst of an evil kingdom. This is so important. I wonder if we've missed a trick when we just preach that the gospel is forgiveness of sins and we don't talk about the king and his kingdom. I think we're missing out. I think we are not giving people the full picture of the gospel. 
And then in Luke 10, Jesus sends out the 70 and Jesus said to them, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. After the resurrection, Jesus rises again, Acts 1 verse 3. It says, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. After he rose, that was what he spoke about. Acts 8 verse 12, Philip, one of the the Christians who went out to preach, it says, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So Philip's message was the kingdom of God. Acts 19 verse 8, Paul went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. That was Paul's message. And in Acts 20 verse 25, Acts 28 verse 23, Acts 28 verse 31, it shows that Paul continually spoke about the kingdom of God. And then lastly, Matthew 24 verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations and then the end will come our message our message is the kingdom of god so what do we do with this i just want to again just reiterate something because when jesus spoke about the kingdom of god in acts chapter 1 the disciples were still confused even after he had been with them for three years it says this Verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? (laughs) Jesus had just said to them, wait in Jerusalem, you're about to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They were still thinking the kingdom of God is about politics and earthly rule and reign. And it is going to be when Jesus comes back a second time. When Jesus comes back a second time and institutes the thousand years of peace, he will reign on the earth and there will be justice and righteous leadership and peace and prosperity and blessing and health and life. Amazingly, but they thought it was going to happen then. And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was saying, leave some things and the timing of things to God. The end of the world is going to come quite soon. We've got to be ready for that. But you do what God has told you to do. Focus on what you have to do, which is being filled with the Spirit, getting this kingdom of God inside of you and all the power of God inside of you, and then sharing it sharing it, extending the kingdom. You will be my witnesses. Go and preach. So we see that Jesus sent his 12 disciples, then the 70, and in Acts, all of them preach the kingdom of God. He's given the same commission to us, the great commission, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And at the start of that great commission, Jesus stood up and said, all authority has now been given to me. Therefore, you go. Jesus was the king. The gospel is about a king. He showed it throughout his life. 
Acts 10 verse uh, 37 and 38 says, Jesus went about doing good and healing those, all of those who were oppressed by the devil. He was kicking out an evil ruler and he was bringing in a new kingdom. My question for you and for me is, are we in the kingdom? Are we in the kingdom of God? How do I know? He's my king. I love him. I worship him. I honor him and I obey him. You know, the way that you can tell if he's king is if you say no, he's not your king. <laughs> if you say no, he's not your king. When God says do this and you say no, Lord, those two words cannot go together. One of them is true or the other is true, but they cannot both be true. You cannot say no and Lord. But if I say yes, Lord, that is true. And I'm going to ask you, who is your king today? If you want to make Jesus your king, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you lived and died and rose again. You conquered death. I believe you are the king of the universe. I believe you paid for my sins. Lord, I have sinned and I turn from them now and I receive your forgiveness. I say thank you, Lord. I want to make you my king. I want to worship you every day. I want to honor you and obey you. Show me your ways. Give me your strength and your power. And I will obey you and I will spread this gospel of the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, look us up on leadinglightsnetwork.com. Look at our website and we will help you spread this gospel of the kingdom wherever you live. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.